You're listening to Partnernomics Podcast, where we discuss the art and science of developing successful strategic partnerships. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics solutions, visit Partnernomics.com. Welcome back to another episode of Partnernomics Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Brigman. And on today's show, we have Mr. Jim Lezer with us. So Jim is the Director of Strategic Partnerships for MedBridge Education, a really cool company out of Seattle. Mr. Jim, hello. Thanks for uh, joining us today. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me today. Excited to be here. So, Jim, you're going to tell uh, everybody else. I had the benefit of getting to meet you a little while back, but uh, tell us a little bit about MedBridge. Let's start with that. MedBridge Education. I was fascinated. I'm still fascinated with the company <laughs> itself. And man, I can definitely see a huge need for that uh, that type of a solution. So, MedBridge is a, is a really cool company with a great success story. Um, MedBridge started out in with the goal to develop uh, clinical continuing education for physical therapists. Our, our uh, founder, his uh, sister actually is a physical therapist. And basically he had spent a lot of time overseas and came back and he was working in her practice and basically saw here's, she's trying to struggle with getting continuing education, keep her CEUs satisfied and things like that. Um, and there was a struggle with that and trying to manage a practice. And then the, the other thought was, well, wait a minute, how do we take and create an environment where you can take the thought leaders of these disciplines, regardless of where they are, and then capture their knowledge and then allow other organizations to absorb that on demand wherever they are. And so that was what really spawned the creation of MedBridge. Um, and then it quickly bloomed. Once we, we got the PT content on there, physical therapy content, uh, it quickly uh, spanned across the rest of the therapy disciplines, including uh, nursing. And then now in the last several years, we've added uh, digital care tools, including patient engagement. And, and this year we just added telehealth. Uh, so it's been, it's been really uh, an exciting company to join. We have um, over 210,000 subscribers, and that number is already wrong as I say it because it's increasing uh, dramatically. And um, and we've got just uh, we just passed 2,000 accredited courses on site, and over 7,000 pieces of home exercises and uh, patient education on the platform. And so, Jim, share with us what is the user experience like, or just give. Give an example of how sure. a patient can utilize your platform in the education. Sure. So if you think about the typical patient journey, what ends up happening is you have some type of, you know, clinical event, right? You, you hurt your knee, you hurt a shoulder or something like that. And so now you're going to go in for some type of, of surgery, right? So on the back end of it, then you go to therapy. Well, traditionally, therapy was always, you're going to go to some clinic, they're going to work with you, they're going to watch you do these exercises, and they'd hand you some printouts of the paper, you know, that you need to go home and do, and you have a little tracker on it that you keep track of what you're doing. Well, what MedBridge did was we basically said, no, let's record these exercises in a high quality video. And then what we do is we put a, an app together that allows the patient, uh, allows the clinician to assign the patient these home exercise plans. 
And then the patient can see it on their phone or their tablet or on the web. And they, the videos are looped. So if it takes 20 seconds to do a rep and you need to do five reps, you'll get, you know, five reps in a row of that video. And then basically what we do is we track your adherence to that. And at the end of it, you're able to report whether you had pain, whether things were too hard or too easy, um, whether you don't think you're doing the exercise right. Uh, so you really get to capture all that. So what it, what it does is it gives the clinician a better understanding of how you're progressing as a patient and making sure that you've got the right exercises that are gonna help you get better faster. And you as a patient, you lose that, um, what I call the valley between visits, right? And what happens is um, for patients, what'll, what'll happen is you go today, so you leave therapy today and you're kind of positive and you're pumped up. So you go home tomorrow, you exercise. The next day you don't do as much exercise and then it kind of starts to slide down. And then all of a sudden it's like the college, you know, cram fest. Oh, the night before I got to do my exercises again. And now you go to the next in therapy or in clinic session. Um, so this helps to smooth that out so that you are going to be able to get better, get better faster is really the goal. So Jim, it sounds like just a, uh another arm and another evolution of telemedicine, which we've seen, you know, just totally explode over the last several years and especially the last eight months. Uh, but, um, you know, a lot of times there's technology. What we try to do is we try to use technology to at least make the, the person to person interaction, you know, to make it at least that good. But as you're describing, I can see lots of ways that, that actually this platform and this approach could actually even offer a lot more insights and even potentially better outcomes than face-to-face than -face work. Exactly. And that's really the mission of MedBridge is to improve outcomes, improve patient outcomes. Um, and, you know, our long-term vision, we see possible... Um, possible ways that you could allow the patient to perform self-service type exercises where they're lower acuity. And so they, a great example is lower back pain. It's an easy conversation. Um, your starting point is let's figure out, is this an acute issue? Is it not an acute issue? And can you do online therapy that could be done as a pre-planned program um, that'll help alleviate your pain and get you moving back on track? so that you don't necessarily have to go to a clinician. Um, not that we don't want you to, but it's a self-service world and we're already in that mindset. So in some cases, it just makes sense to deliver it up that way. Yeah, Jim, talk to us about the different types of partnerships. You know, so the, the director of strategic partnerships, what are the different types of partnerships that, uh, that you are leading and that you are standing up? So our, our partnerships are kind of all over the map um, in terms of what we do, uh, but the majority of them focus around, we believe in building upon a success. So a lot of them start from a referral type relationship or a low hanging fruit where you as an organization have clients that are looking for these types of solutions. Can you make that introduction? And then beyond that, if it makes sense to do integration or dive deeper, and really get more strategic in that alignment, then at that point, that's the next logical step for us. So if we're looking at things like um, 
uh, electronic health records. It's, it's logical for us to integrate with them because the clinician's already there. Um, so if we can streamline that workflow for them, that's very simple. Um, but for the most part, we, we start with these, uh, these relationships, these business relationships that are around, let's, let's get mutual clients working together and help determine how we can further benefit them together. Okay. So Jim, how long have you been with MedBridge? And then what were some of your, I guess, kind of those things that you're wanting to accomplish for the organization? What was sure. the organization's uh, strategy? And then what are you doing to, to make that happen? How are you leveraging the power partnership? Absolutely. Okay. So I've been with MedBridge since May of 2019. Um, and the things that we are really looking to accomplish what I'm looking to accomplish here. Um, when I was approached by MedBridge, they were looking to stand up strategic partnerships. So they had determined in 2018, this was a key focus role for 2019. So, um, so they contacted me through LinkedIn and we started talking about it. And, and, um, and I'll, I'm gonna give you a shameless plug here. So, you know, enjoy it, Mark. Um, but basically the long story is, uh, we were looking at this from the perspective of, I said, look, I haven't really done this at the scale that you've done this in the past. Um, but I spent a lot of time in healthcare revenue cycles. So I knew how to build relationships. And if you can, if you can sell to health systems, you can sell to anybody. Um, they're just very hard organizations to move. So, so when I came in to the organization, I looked at it and said, all right, I get a sense of what they want to do. They want to start to branch out and across different sections, whether it's EHR partners, associations, uh, consultants who are working in these different areas. Um, they want to grow internationally. So how do we create a, a, a structure, if you will, or a framework that makes it as easy as possible for the organization to continue to grow and scale and as we grow the department, the, the entire department of partnerships, that we can have people really focused on each of these channels um, and make sure that we have a consistent way for approaching each new deal and how they should work and vetting each, each one of these opportunities out. So that's really my goal is trying to figure out how to build that framework for Med, MedBridge um, and, uh, and the the fun story in this is um, when I went looking for resources on this, you know, you start down the Amazon book list and I, and, and I've told you this story, and, but it's a great story and worth repeating. The challenge is you'll find tons and tons of references out there. But what was great was I, I started looking at these books and I pulled down partneronomics. And I'm looking at it and I love the opening chapter. That's basically like, Hey, if you're new to this, don't read any of this. Go right to this chapter. This will give you everything that you need to know to get your frameworks off the ground and get going. And I shamelessly copied it and said, yep, this is exactly what we're going to do. This give, gave us enough to get started. So now we knew how to build out a lot of those, those foundational pieces. That is, that is awesome. That's, that's why we do it, is to <laughs> let other people accelerate their success and no, no uh, reason to, to reinvent the wheel. So Jim, you're going to, have to refresh my memory here a little bit, but I remember from one of our earlier conversations, you had mentioned something specifically about the term sheet. 
that piece being something that provided some value or at least gave you another lens of how term sheets could be used. Um, just kind of those documents, passing them back back and forth with prospective partners of how that can help accelerate the process. Do you mind kind of sharing that story? No, not at all. Um, so what's interesting is with the term sheet, what was really helpful early on was it helped to frame up a lot of the early questions and things like that. And really, when you'd look at an opportunity, you're now looking at it from, from their lens as well as your lens. So it's, it's easy to see the strategic value for us. It's a little bit harder to see how does that get presented from their side of the fence. And then it crafts new messaging, which is really fantastic. So that now you're saying, well, this is how I see this alignment, but this is what it means to you. So we, you get taught that in the sales process and sales training, um, but it was great to see it from a partnership standpoint and be able to look at well, what does that really mean over time? So how do we start with low friction, the easy way to get started today? What can it bloom into? So you're kind of creating a bigger vision for what the opportunity is between us. Um, the other part that was really cool that came from it was then I needed a way to talk to leadership about it. So um, Medbridge moves really, really fast. And so you've got to hit there's, there's no paragraphs, you do bullets. You know, that's the way that they really like to, to digest things. And um, so you've got to learn that. So what I was able to do was craft what we call a partnership brief out of that, that made it really simple to encapsulate, here's who they are as a partner, here's what the strategic vision is for this partnership and our hypothesis on how we're going to approach this. And then here's what the potential value is to both organizations. Um, made it crystal clear to be able to share that with leadership and say, this is who we're going to approach and these are the reasons why. And you get past that whole um, kind of getting in the approval stage because they're able to read the brief and go, I got it, done. Like uh, we're moving on, so it's cool. Well, Jim, I'd, I'd like for you to chat a little bit about you know, so let's say some of your industry peers and somebody that's jumping into this. I know you've been uh, in this partnering role or in this profession for, you know, over 15 years. What I want you to kind of compare and do like a compare and contrast between sales and partnering. <laughs> oh, you know, how are they similar and how are they different? Because, man, <laughs> as you know, there's lots of times I, I talk to folks and even senior executives, a lot of times, mostly senior executives. And they don't see a big distinction between the two, or at least they, they try to manage them the same way. Sure. And there's probably more similarities than there are differences. But I think, you know, fundamentally, um, if you read my LinkedIn profile, you know, people I've, uh, I have in there in my bio, I say, you know, what's my number one skill? It's building trusted relationships quickly. And I think that's the foundation of sales, that's the foundation of partnerships. Um, you've got to be able to get to, you've got to come, I always say it's open hand, open mind, open heart, right? You got to come with to the conversation saying, I've got nothing to hide. This is what I believe is the opportunity between us. You know, I'm an open mind that I might not see what you are thinking. And I want to understand your vision for it. And that through this process, what I'm going to do is I'm going to maintain this transparency. And I really want us to be friends on the back end of this thing that 
regardless of where we are together in our career down the road, we're still going to be connected and we're still going to be happy that we did this deal. Um, so I think that that's the common thread between the two. I think the harder part for people who are entering into this, that there are tactical partnerships and there's strategic partnerships. The tactical ones are really easy. Referral agreements, you know, you've got a client base, we've got a client base, there's mutual value between us. How do we align that? You know, low hanging fruit, low friction, get it off the ground. Those are really simple. And you can start to really frame that and say, let's get those partners set up. Let's put targets on those partners and you can manage them in more of a salesy type management role. The strategic ones are hard because you're now talking about, is that truly the direction of the company? Is that truly where we want to go long-term? If we do this, does it take away something else? And those are harder to manage from that standpoint because the vision for the company, you may have today's vision or yesterday's vision, but things are changing at the executive leadership level that you have to try to absorb and go, am I missing something as I'm bringing this to you? I still think this is valuable. I still think this is strategic, but I've got to tweak or adjust or, or do something to get that to go to the next level. And that's, that's a little bit harder. So, so I think for organizations, they have to have a palette for that being a little bit longer tail and a little bit like less clear cut immediate revenue, but much clearer long-term total addressable market that could be added to this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, this, this role of being in strategic partnerships, I mean, we, we don't see very many people straight out of college or straight out of school going into <laughs> these roles, right? Because there, yeah. there are so many pieces and components and it's, uh, there, there's, there's a lot of variables at play, you know, and it does take a lot of perspective of being able to anticipate how this puzzle is going to come together. Uh, but then also having the the leadership and the knowledge to help influence the puzzle coming together. So uh, it, I totally agree with you. It's, it's the, I think the most challenging thing about this is that you are constantly going from 30,000 feet to ground level and, and back and forth. So you're constantly trying to say, well, what at the highest, highest levels, what's the right hook that I'm going to hit you with that says, this is why we should do this together. This is the strategic vision. And, you know, getting that down into, you know, two, three sentences, and then you got to go all the way down in the details of how's it going to work? What are the logistics, all these other pieces, and then pull back up again, because this might be phased to where you're talking about three three phases five phases and each one has its own myriad level details underneath but it always has to have that right hook as to why we're going to do this absolutely so jim i love to i it's so fun for me because i get to meet all these different people from all over the country and frankly all over the world that live in this world of strategic partnering and one of the things i'm always fascinated about is is their background of where they started their career <laughs> and it seems to me, it, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced this becoming a, a partnering ninja, it's not about having a specific educational pedigree, but it's more about just your own interest and your own mindset. And as you mentioned, um, relationships, right? Relationship building and just having that sort of a mindset. It's more of a mindset than it is an education, but I'd love for you to share 
kind of your journey of how you started your career and then what sure. drew you to the this partnership role? So um, I started my career in accounting, actually. Um, and during college, I worked at uh, Princeton University's endowment and then went to Merrill Lynch after that. So my, you know, the, I guess being um, a product of an uh, engineer father, he was a, and had his degree in engineering. And um, my mom had, had worked at a number of jobs throughout her, her career, but mostly was a housewife for a lot of her career. Um, and basically they looked at it like, you know, you can't go get just any degree. You have to go get a degree that's basically like a skill. You know, so accounting is like a white collar trade for lack of a better term. So sorry to all the accountants out there, but um, it was a great experience to go through that because I went, all right, well, this makes sense. I'll go for accounting and started out in that world. And quickly through that, I realized I really don't like accounting, um, but what I loved was software. And so I ended up starting to do software implementations um, and once you get into that world where you're doing all the implementations, you learn quickly that you're the guy who's fixing whatever the salesperson promised. Um, so then you realize, well, it'd be good to be in sales. So now I can make sure what's being promised is something that could be delivered. And one of my clients was actually in healthcare uh, and I absolutely fell in love with their business while I was doing the consulting and figuring out how to help them. And that led me to, to sales um, and to be in, in sales full-time in healthcare. So, and through that, that's basically been my journey. So from, from here, it's really been just at each point along the way, it was working with different size organizations and, and looking at it through a very consultative sales approach. So that's how I ended up in, in partnerships. Jim, I see a bunch of guitars back there hanging around uh, on the wall. So I, I have the, the ability to cheat on this podcast. I'm actually uh, looking at Jim through Zoom. But uh, Jim, I'm going to ask you a two-phase question. You got to tell me about the music background. And then also, how, how do you think that's uh, tied into to partnerships and helping you do partnerships better? Oh, that's a, that's a great trick question. Love that, Mark. Um, so... The music background is I started playing when I was really young. I was about eight when I started playing. Um, took lessons for probably about 10 years or so. Um, so, you know, the whole nine yards, classically trained, like classical jazz, you know, everything else. Um, so I've been playing ever since, still play. Um, I think from a partnership standpoint, the one thing you learn as a musician is that you've got to work with other band members. Um, and I've been in multiple bands and, and things like that, as well as play out solo. Um, and, you know, so when you're, you're dealing with those other personalities and those other uh, challenges and skill levels and things like that, you've, you've got to be flexible and you've got to be gracious in, in how you work with others. And I think that that is probably one of the, the foundations is very helpful thing, being able to say, how do you work with people that you may never have played with before and find common ground? Um, it's the same thing that we do in partnerships and in relationships. So, yeah, that's, that's cool. What, um, so you've been in healthcare for, for quite a while. It seems to be a real passion for you. What is, I guess, just kind of what's your general thoughts on what, where healthcare is today and how, how you see it evolving and how technology is really helping to play a part in that 
Good question. Um, so I think where we are today, you know, the, the whole COVID thing has thrown everything for a spin. Um, you know, when I got into healthcare, I started in acute care revenue cycle. So really helping hospitals identify and recover lost revenues was the large part of what we were doing. And through that career, I've done things like help them with remote coding, with business office takeovers, rehab and return, et cetera. Um, so what you what was discussed early on back then was that we knew that there was going to be this concept of hospital at home, right? Where basically more acute care, more care was going to be pushed out to the home because it made more sense to keep the patient out of the hospital, for lack of a better term, unless they're really, really critical. Um, so what you see now with COVID is this explosion of home health where all of a sudden, now there's all these organizations that were already kind of aligning and gearing up to serve home health in different capacities. Um, now they're really blowing up in terms of, of being incorporated into those care plans. Um, I think that there's going to be a continued growth of hospital at home because it just makes sense. People don't want to be in the hospital. It's uncomfortable. You can't uh, recover at the same rates. You're, you're just not likely to be as good of a patient in a hospital as you will be at home, unless it's just truly critical and acute that you have to be in the hospital. Um, the technology side is really, what's interesting is I think a lot of people get caught up on technology and technology being tied to youth. And the reality is, is that's not true. Um, what we find is we have a lot of clients at MedBridge, um, a lot of our patients, are actually over 65, they're seniors, who are using the tool because they're the ones who are having total joint replacements and, and going through these different con conditions and therapies. So they know how to use Facebook on their phone. They know how to use their iPad. They have all these devices, they have the tools. So to give them another app, they love it. And to be able to, to do more and more through technology, it's, it's driving a self-service model to the patients where let me get the info I want in a timely manner and be able to kind of act on it as much as I can. And then if I need that next level of intervention, I can, I can kind of request that or be directed to that right level of care. It just gives them the control, uh, gives it them does. the flexibility, gives uh, them the autonomy and independence, you know, where they're not tied to it. I can absolutely see that. Yeah, Would you so uh, if I could, one, one last compliment on it. You know, I think healthcare, the problem that we all remember is, uh, you know, growing up, you and I probably went through this, that it was reactionary, right? We were recipients of care. We went to the doctor, he told us what to do. She told us what to do. And on we went. Now it's the shift of becoming active advocates for your own wellness. And that's a totally different mindset. And, but people are embracing that kind of seamlessly without really any push from the healthcare, the, the providers pushing that down, that they're not having to. Especially now, you know, like with platforms like yours, where we have access to more data, more information that could also help influence a solid decision or help inform a, you know, a yep. good decision for our health. So I'm, I'm sold. I love it. Uh, <laughs> one last question for you, Jim, before we let you go. Yep. I want you to speak to your 25 year old self. What kind of advice, knowing all the great things that you have now, all the wisdom that's packed into your head, 
What kind of advice would you give to your 25 year old self? The, that advice could probably fill a couple books, but um, <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, out of anything is, is continue to be curious. Um, I think curiosity is probably the best thing about it. You know, it prompts you to ask, ask questions and, and when in doubt, ask questions that probably think you think are going to be stupid because they're not stupid. Um, if you're thinking, if you're wondering it or you're not sure, then it's going to be a lot harder to paint the picture of, of the value between us without asking that question. Yeah. Awesome advice. I love that. Well, Jim, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for sharing your insights with us and continued success with uh, MedBridge Education. It's going to be fun watching you guys and getting to work with you and uh, watching all the great things that you accomplish. Awesome. Mark, thank you so much for having me on and for putting together the Partneronomics platform and everything. It's really excited to, to dive into this further and continue to grow and develop. All right. Thanks, buddy. Partneronomics podcast is brought to you by Partneronomics. Learn how to leverage the power of partnership. To listen to more episodes of Partnonomics Podcast, visit partnonomics.com.